what up y'all welcome back sounds like la familia was a big hit so here's part two i mentioned a little bit about enmeshment or i guess i used the word enmeshment during that episode so this one's gonna focus on on what that means so i've i've gone to therapy for two big reasons. The first one was because I was burnt out from my first big career job in higher ed. And I was basically forced to go because otherwise I was going to lose my job. And the second time I decided to go back on my own because something just didn't feel right. I was starting to feel frustrated again to the point of I was easily irritated by people and I couldn't figure out what that was. So apparently I was walking around burnt out again. It was more of like an emotional burnout. Anywho, my therapist told me that there's this thing called enmeshment. So it's E-N-M-E-S-H-M-E-N-T. So Y'all probably know what a mesh is, like a mesh bag. It's like if you put your hands together, like your palms facing your face, and you interlock fingers, it's like that. So he said that this is very common with Latino families. And it's basically like on one hand is you, and on the other hand is your family. And y'all just got your shit all up in each other. So what was happening was that my mom would call me to tell me that all the drama going on at home, the drama going on in Mexico. And for us, it's normal. Like for for us Latinos, it's super normal to hear the chismes, to hear what the fuck is going on, even though you don't even live in the same state as your family. And I mean, in my case... Some of my family's in Mexico and a whole ass other country. And yes, it's healthy to have venting sessions with people you trust. But enmeshment is people are venting to you and you feel this obligation, this urgency to solve the other person's problems. You become emotionally tied to the bullshit that other people are going through. And that's what was happening here. So I've been living on my own with my fiance for seven years, almost eight years now. And it's as if I was physically in my house, but emotionally and mentally still at my parents' house. And my dad raised me to always have my sister's back. I have backs, I guess, plural. I have three younger sisters. And it was always this idea of me protecting them, me looking out for them. And again, this is super normal with us, especially if there's a boy in the house. If there's an older boy, it's like the older boy is like a third parent. Which I'm going to tell y'all right now, it's complete fucking bullshit. It is not our job as 
the children to be the parent for your siblings. So even now as adults, I am 32. All my sisters are between the ages of 31 and, I don't know, 24 or some shit like that, 25. My youngest one just turned 25. For the longest time, my intention was to look out for them, to look out for their best interest, to lead by example. And this meant that I I did it in the form of giving unsolicited advice. And I am very direct. I've tried really hard to be mindful of the words that come out of my mouth, but also get my point across. That's something I'm still working on. But there is a difference between intention and impact. So although my intention was to look out for them, even if it was from a distance, by text message, by phone call, or even when I would see them in person at my parents' house, the impact would be that they felt that I didn't trust that they knew what they were doing. That I didn't respect their decisions, that I didn't see worth in their lived experiences enough for them to make informed decisions on their own. So I had to learn the hard way to mind my fucking business. Because at the end of the day, this enmeshment that I had with all the shit going on with my family would result in me being the bad person and being the one that gets burnt. So I don't know if this happens to y'all, but sometimes, you know, mom will call and be like, mija, habla con tu hermana porque anda haciendo this, that, and whatever. So here you go calling your fucking sister to check up on them and to give them some advice that they even fucking asked for. And then here you are looking like a metiche, like, bitch, why are you calling me? You don't even live here anymore. Stay in your own lane, stay in your fucking house. So even though my intentions were to look out for for them, to have my mom's back, to be the quote-unquote big sister, I'm the one that was the asshole. So that's where I learned about enmeshment and how to mind my fucking business. The other thing I learned was subjugation. I'm just throwing all these big-ass terms to y'all today. But subjugation was probably my favorite one because it was like the most fucked-up one. So subjugation is where you learn, fuck your feelings. Your feelings don't matter. That's what it was. So growing up, there were times, and maybe my parents didn't mean to do this, but again, intention versus impact. I was raised in a lot of cases with tough love. If you fall, get up. You better not fucking cry. Crying is a weakness. And especially when it came to school stuff, y'all might see me out here being a professional student because I've been in school for fucking ever, right? But this did not come easy and it still doesn't come easy to me. Because I would try my hardest in school And I always felt like it was never enough. 
And at the end of the day, it didn't fucking matter if I was going through depression, if I had anxiety, if I was getting bullied in elementary school because none of that shit exists in the Latino household. So it was like, stop giving me these fucking excuses. Fuck your feelings. Get your fucking homework done. Yeah, that sounds real fucked up. But that's where I learned that my feelings didn't matter. That's where I learned that even if I am overwhelmed with work, I am overwhelmed with school, I am overwhelmed with my my own emotional chaos, I have to remove my feelings, put them to the side to make everyone else feel comfortable. That if I am overwhelmed or too busy to do shit, I have to drop everything I'm doing because my sister called me. Because my mom called and she doesn't know how to pay a bill online. Because my dad called and he wants me to go pick up something that he bought from the marketplace. And this is very common in our households, y'all. We, we are raised with this idea that family comes first, that blood is thicker than water, and you should always have your family's back. But at what expense? At what expense? How many of us are walking around here burnt the fuck out, feeling alone in a room full of family, feeling hella uncomfortable for the sake of showing face? at family functions for the sake of getting validation from your parents and for the sake of not hearing people talk shit about you regardless of how you're feeling I know it sounds like I really fucking hate my family I don't, I love my family but through therapy I had to learn that it is okay for me to put my well-being first. We cannot run on empty. And for a very long time, I was feeling the weight of my entire family on my shoulders while I was trying to do things for myself. I'm working on my doctorate. I have eight years of experience in higher education. I'm a whole professional. And I continue pushing myself to the limit so that I can lead by example. And it still sometimes feel, it feels like it's not enough. I left the, I left the city. I left Chicago, which was really fucking uncomfortable. I shared that with you all in my first episode. But I did that because... Otherwise, my family probably wasn't going to experience anything outside of Illinois or even outside of the South Side. One of my sisters and I went to DeKalb for school, to NIU for a little bit. But even then, I think my dad visited me maybe once or twice. My mom never came over. So to experience something outside of the normal could sometimes make you realize that what's normal to you isn't always best. The block where I live 
the kids could leave their bikes outside in the yard. There's no fucking way in hell you could do that shit on the south side of Chicago. There was one time I had gone to visit my dad. Well, and my mom, duh, they're still married. <laughs> and we were getting ready to cook out. I, we had the garage open. We were setting up the chairs and tables. And out of nowhere, I hear this loud ass truck just fucking skirt break hard as hell in front of the garage. And these motherfuckers just opened the door through all fucking kinds of chicken bones and trash literally on the street and drove the fuck off. And what does my dad do? He walks over to the shit and starts picking it up. And I'm just sitting there like, bro, I mean, obviously I helped him, but I'm like, dude, this is not okay. This is not okay. In my head, I'm talking to my dad. You work in construction, or I think he was in demolition at that point, but either way, he's a fucking laborer. You work on your hands and knees all fucking day. Busting your ass off. You have so many years that you've been doing that to build this life that you're living. My mom's been working at the school across the street since I was in eighth grade. For what? So that these motherfuckers can drive over here and drive trash literally on the street that you fucking live. And then you have to stand there and clean it up. I'd be fucking damned, y'all. I would be damned. My dad works so hard to make sure that his yard looks beautiful. He likes to garden. He puts plants. He even has a bench there. He even built a community garden where he has tomatoes and cucumbers and zucchini and chiles. And he he allows his neighbors to go pick whatever they want from the garden and to take it home. And this is how he gets repaid by having ignorant motherfuckers throw trash on the street and then have him clean it up when they could have easily pulled a right or a left and dumped the shit in the alley. But he picked it up and he said, it's cool. And I'm like, no, dude, it's not. This is not okay. This is not normal. On my block, you don't fucking see that shit. That shit won't happen. On my block, you call the cops and right before you hang up, the cops are already at your door. We deserve to live a quality life. But what happened? I moved out. I had family come see where I live. And instead of saying, oh, mija, I'm proud of you. Or... or, oh, sister, I'm so proud of you. Like, how did you do it? Help me get a house around here or something similar. I get a, oh, you think you're so good. You're the bougie bitch in the family now. You think you're better than everyone else. So fuck my feelings. And even though I'm hearing this criticism, I still forced myself to put my feelings on the side to show up for my family. If that ain't fucked up, I don't know what is. So if any of you are out there trying your hardest to better yourself 
and there's an interview that is partially doing this to receive approval from your family, I highly encourage you to stop. Stop seeking approval from your family. If they're not already telling you that they're proud of you, if they're not already celebrating your successes, they're not going to be there for you when you buy that mansion. They're not going to be there for you when you move out the country and build your own house. They're not going to be there for you when you build your own business. They probably will be there asking you for handouts, though. But they'll most likely still be talking shit about you behind your back. So do your best and create this lifestyle for you. And if you have a partner and y'all are on the same page as to what quality of life you want, then do that shit together. I'll tell you what, even the smallest thing, every time I get a grade for my assignments, my fiance celebrates that with me because he knows, he knows how insecure I still am about my academics. So every time I submit an assignment and I get the grade, even before I get the grade, I'm over here freaking out like, oh shit, it's about to get graded. It's about to get, I'm about to get an F on this shit. And he's like, why are you tripping? You know you're going to get an A. You're, you're smart as fuck. You try so hard on everything you do. You do everything with intention. Just chill out. And when I do get the grade back and it is an A, he's like, see, I told you. Every quarter since I've started this doctoral program, we go out and celebrate. I have a very small group of friends that every time we're done, they know we get together and we celebrate. Those are the type of people you need to surround yourself by. Surround yourself by people that are there for you when you're struggling, that are there for you when you're celebrating, that are there for you when you're crying, and that are there for you when you are in progress, when you are in the process of betterment. These are the people you need around you. People that are going to tell you that idea is not crazy. You can fucking do it. Let's talk about it more. Let's figure out how we can pull resources together so that you can be great. That if you just need to blow off steam, they'll cook you a meal. They'll tell you, hey, bring your wine, bring your beer, whatever the fuck you're drinking, or if you smoke, bring the weed. I got you on the food. Let's just chill and have fun. There's been plenty of times with a small group of friends that they'll have a cookout or whatever. And at first I was like, damn, I'll probably have to stay home and do my homework because I don't want to, you know, take my laptop and be physically present, but not, you know, mentally present because if I'm on the laptop, I'm not giving them my undivided attention. And they would tell me, you know what? I'd rather you be here doing your homework than not be here at all. So just bring your laptop, we'll give you the Wi-Fi, you can chill, eat your meal if you want, you can even do your homework inside, and once you're done, you could you could party with us, and that's, that's what I did for a while with this small group of friends. So it's doable. Don't let your family make it seem like you're crazy for wanting more, or that you're some bougie bitch because you all of a sudden got boundaries and goals. No, 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 no. Being the pioneer is hard. 
being the one to end generational trauma is hard. The one to end the cycle, it's difficult. That burden, if you decide to take it up, is hard as fuck. But it's doable. And yes, somebody does have to do it. And if you don't feel prepared to do it, it ain't your responsibility. But if you feel like you want to take that responsibility, take it up. Take it up and know that you're not alone. And your feelings do matter. Your feelings matter. So even if you said that you were going to show up to that family reunion or that wedding and the day of you don't fucking feel like it, don't say fuck my feelings. No, fuck their feelings. Don't go. Sometimes it's your intuition. Sometimes it's your intuition acting up, saying, "Mm, I ain't feeling it today because maybe you're about to get in a fucking car accident on the way there. Or maybe you just don't fucking feel like it and it's okay. At the end of the day, it's just a party. That is all. So get in tune with yourselves, y'all. Get in tune with yourselves and don't be afraid to unpack that shit that you're feeling because... We've normalized saying, oh, I feel some type of way, and we just stop there. We haven't gotten into the habit as a community of sitting there with our feelings and asking ourselves, all right, what got me fucked up? Is it because Latia said that I'm getting fat? Or because they keep asking where my novio's at? Or because my sisters are saying I'm a bougie bitch? And they don't know the struggles that I've been going through. And then name the feeling. Are you hurt? Are you feeling pain? Are you feeling betrayed? Are you feeling sad? Disappointed? We learned what feelings are in kindergarten. Just how we learned colors and numbers. We know what the feelings are. We know the spectrum of feelings. But it is so vulnerable, almost too vulnerable for us to sit down and actually reconcile our heart and figure out what it was. And I think part of it, too, is that if we do it, we're going to realize that someone hurt our feelings and we don't want to recognize that someone that we loved hurt our feelings. Because that shit's fucked up. You don't expect your family members to hurt your feelings. But that's reality, y'all. It don't matter how long you've known people. I've, shit, I've lived with my sisters up until I was 23, 24. And the vast majority of them still talk shit about me behind my back. So if you got your own blood relatives doing that, what makes you think that other people aren't doing that? And at the end of the day... At the end of the day, you go to bed at night in your own head. At the end of the day, if you work hard enough and you're blessed enough and you surround yourself with the good with the good people that you need to surround yourself with to reach those goals, you're putting in the hard work. A lot of people laugh because I'm a year away from graduation and 
I've been working on my my business through my LLC. And I don't talk too much about, you know, the shit that goes on, all the good stuff that goes on in my life. But the ones that I do allow access, they know. They know that when I meet these milestones, we celebrate. And they laugh because I always say, if you weren't shooting with me at the gym, don't expect an invitation to the party. And I fucking mean that. There's so many different ways to support people. Obviously, me being a first-generation college student, I don't expect my parents to be like, oh, mija, did you do your FAFSA? Or, oh, mija, make sure you go to the writing specialist because that's not in their nature. They don't have the experience in college to do that. But they can call and say, did you eat today? Tell me more about what you're writing about or my dad my dad's become my number one fan y'all every time I post something about whether it's a celebration on Facebook about submitting a paper or me complaining about still being on page four of my dissertation <laughs> he's always telling me Echale ganas, ponte las pinas. you're a badass you're a thug and those words of encouragement they might seem very minimal to other people But for me, it makes my work seem that much more important. And it makes me feel seen by my dad. So if I got any moms out there and y'all got daughters or even sons that are in school and working and all that shit, stop fucking calling us and asking us if we made dinner. I swear, my mom... I will talk to my mom and I'll be like, oh, I'm at the gym. And then I'll tell her like, yeah, I had 14 appointments with students today. I had four meetings and then I came to the gym and it's already like 7.30 p.m. And she's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, lady, I haven't even ate yet. Like I barely had time to take my pre-workout to come to the gym. There's that subjugation again. That expectation of me have fuck your feelings because you're the girl in the relationship. So gender roles, you got to cook dinner. And I'm like, uh, no, ma'am. My boo got it. Or we ordered food today. I mean, lately I have been cooking, but it's more so because of health reasons and not so much because it's my role. And because I've been working more remote lately, I have the time to do it. But before the pandemic, I really didn't have time. And your girl didn't even know how to cook, which is a topic for another time. But in conclusion, I appreciate y'all being here. Your feelings do matter. Unpack that shit. Unpack your fucking feelings and start setting them boundaries. Because if you allow people access to you all the time, they will take advantage of that shit. Trying to think of what mom would say. Uno le da la mano y se cogen la pata. So the saying basically means that you you give your hand out and they end up taking your hand and your fucking foot. Everyone does not deserve access to you 24-7. I'm going to say that again. Everyone does not deserve access to you 24-7. Whether that's through the phone, in your heart, emotionally, mentally, Start minding your business. Start minding your business. 
the more you sit there trying to resolve everyone else's problems, the less time and energy you have to resolve your own. The less time and energy you have to dedicate to your goals. The less time and energy you have to develop that affection with your partner or to create a dream plan with your partner. Or if you don't have a partner, it's the less time you have to reconcile your heart and to figure out what type of person you want to be with. While we're out here marinating in everyone else's drama, they're probably not even fucking worried about it. We could be spending that time on self-care, on going to the gym, on journaling, on creating, establishing our LLC, on learning about investments, on planning that next trip, on deciding if you want to go back to college. Whatever it is that you want to spend your time on, but instead we feel responsible for everyone else. Nah, fuck that. Fuck that. Celebrate your small successes. Reconcile your heart. And mind your damn business. I thank you all for coming again. Please share this with your friends. And si le quieren tirar una indirecta, share it with your family too. All right? Make sure you follow me on social media. It's Esperanza Equity Consulting, LLC. Gracias. Welcome to Como La Flor Con Flor. If you love listening to this podcast as much as I love making it, please consider dropping a little donation. And if you ain't got the funds, that's cool. I would really appreciate it if you could share this podcast with a friend, a family, a fellow metiche, you know, one of them folks, or anyone that you think would resonate with the content that I've been creating. Saludos, se me cuidan y se lo lavan.